Welcome to Sharp Waves, a podcast from the International League Against Epilepsy. Our episodes cover epilepsy research, clinical care, career development, and issues in diagnosis and treatment from around the globe. Hello, everyone. Today I am with uh, Elaine Peng to discuss a recent paper that she published in Epilepsia this year. The title is First Seizure from Sleep, Clinical Features and Prognosis. This is a very interesting paper on the risk of recurrent after a first seizure during sleep, and I am very much looking forward to discuss her results. To start with, I suggest that you introduce yourself, Elaine. Hi, I'm Elaine Pang. I am an epilepsy fellow currently working in the University of Calgary at Phillips Hill Medical Centre, and I'm originally from Perth, Western Australia working at Charles Gardner Hospital and Fiona Stanley Hospital. Thank you. Would you mind introducing the background and the question that you wanted to answer with this paper? So we know that patients that present with a first seizure really want to know their risk of recurrence. And it's important to kind of identify any prognostic factors that we can find to counsel our patients about that risk. And there are some things that we already know about, such as epileptic abnormalities on EEG and remote symptomatic kind of etiologies that increase the patient's risk of developing seizure occurrence after a first seizure. And there have been some smaller studies that have suggested that seizures from sleep also conferred an increased risk of seizure occurrence. But they were small. They had a variable diagnosis of how they made the diagnosis of seizure from sleep. And a couple of studies included a pediatric population, which included childhood epilepsy syndromes that were more prone to have seizure from sleep and had their own prognostic kind of predictions. So what we we wanted to see was in an adult population with a first seizure from sleep, what was the risk of recurrence? And what was the degree of that risk as well? And with that, were those recurrences more likely to be from sleep or from wakefulness? And what were the possible associated complications of seizures such as injury associated with that? I think it was a very nice uh, study, very systematic in the way that you presented the, the methods, but uh, also the, the results afterwards. Can you tell us what were the main results of your paper? So of 1,312 adult patients who presented with a first seizure, 23% of them um, presented with a first seizure from sleep, so just under a quarter. Compared to those that had seizures from wakefulness, this um, population had a higher rate of seizure recurrence with a one-year um, risk of 57% and a 10-year risk of 77.5%. So quite substantial. Seizures from sleep were a strong predictor of seizure recurrence with a hazard ratio of, one, of 1.44. And this is actually on par with other known risk factors such as epileptic form abnormalities and remote symptomatic etiologies. Those patients that had seizures from sleep were more likely to be older and more likely to present with tonic-clonic seizures from the description and was only slightly more likely to have focal epileptic abnormalities. Of note, they were markedly less likely to have generalised epileptic abnormalities. Of those that had recurrence, majority had them from sleep in both their second and third seizure, and they were actually surprisingly less likely to sustain any injuries from their initial seizure from sleep or from their recurrences apart from oral lingual trauma. Based on the current definition of epilepsy, why is that so important to have to know that the risk of recurrence is that high? So 
So I think so it's important to know that the risk of cancer is high for multiple reasons. For one, it's important to counsel our patients about that risk so that they know what to look for in the future. And it may um, influence the way that we manage our patients. But of course, a few years ago, there was the recommendations to consider patients after a first seizure who then have a risk of a cancer more than 60% in the next 10 years to be considered as having epilepsy. I think this is still a bit of a gray area in terms of nocturnal seizures. So that, I think that paper was from 2015. And even then, they raised the possibility that nocturnal seizures was associated with increased risk of seizure recurrence and whether they should be considered in that kind of criteria. That study used that so that study's recommendations were based on two prior old studies from the 80s and 90s that had a very different definition of, of seizures of, of the nighttime seizures. They actually, rather than looking at seizures from sleep, they looked at nocturnal seizures and defined it as between midnight and 9 a.m. So that could have easily included patients who had seizures from wakefulness soon after waking up. So it's a bit of a different population. So what I'll say does, it adds to that kind of discussion, saying actually when we have a much more defined definition of seizures from sleep, there is still this conferred increased risk of seizure recurrence, more than that 60% cut off at 10 years. That paper kind of raised the possibility of treating patients after a first seizure to decrease their risk of recurrence, but they were quite guarded as well when they discussed it. They said it should be an individualised approach. And our study kind of is in line with that. We showed that 26% of patients who had seizures from sleep or from wakefulness were on anti-seizure medication after their first seizure for various reasons at the clinician's discretion. And that was not associated with a decreased rate of recurrence in our study. We also agree with an individualised approach to whether we treat a patient after a first seizure from sleep. So it depends. So we know that they are at a lower risk of having injury from recurrences and those occurrences are more likely to occur from sleep. And for example, driving, which is a massive issue for lots of our patients with epilepsy, is maybe less of an issue in those with pure sleep epilepsy, as many jurisdictions allow our patients to drive. So there's pros and cons to starting treatment after a first seizure from sleep. And this just adds to the conversation. Regarding the, the risk of, of recurrence of seizures when they occur during wakefulness, the overall risk of recurrence after 10 years is about 65% in, in the paper. But if we remove patients that had an EG abnormality or an MRI or an epileptogenic lesion on the MRI, I suppose that this risk is much lower than the 65%. What, what, yes. what would be the, the, the risk of recurrence in, in your uh, cohort? So in, in patients with a first seizure from sleep who do not have all of those factors, so do not are non-lesional on MRI, have a normal EEG, do not have a past history of a CNS insult, the risk of occurrence at 10 years is still 78.5%. So it's actually surprisingly high, which kind of demonstrates that this is a significant predictor of seizure occurrence on its own. So even in what we would have said is a traditionally very low-risk patient for seizure recurrence compared to other risk other patients, they still have a substantial risk of recurrence purely from having a seizure from sleep alone. You also showed that patients with a first seizure during sleep were older. What is your interpretation of this? 
Is it just that people need to be witnessed when they have a, a seizure during sleep and so it takes more time to be actually identified or is it something else? So I think this is kind of an interesting finding of this study. And it's not 100% clear why the, this was the case. We do know that the old, that adults in the older population are more likely to have focal epilepsy and we know that focal epilepsy is associated with the increased recurrence from other studies. But in our in our population, there were more focal epileptal abnormalities in those that had seizures from sleep. But there was no real significant difference in remote symptomatic etiologies or epileptogenic lesions on imaging. So not 100% sure why this is the case. Majority of our patients, independent of age, had witnessed events. So that's definitely going to factor into the identification of their sleep seizure. You already partially addressed this question, but how are your results comparable with the study by Krumholtz and colleague in 2015 in neurology? They also looked at the risk of recurrence based on age abnormality, epileptogenic lesion on the MRI and other factors. Yeah. So I think this our study contributes to that discussion. So in that paper, they demonstrated that there was level A evidence that, that remote symptomatic etiologies and epileptal abnormalities on EEG were associated with seizure recurrence after a first seizure and that there was level B evidence for nocturnal seizures specifically. So seizures between midnight and 9 a.m., not necessarily sleep seizures, having a risk, conferring also a risk of recurrence. Those studies were much were smaller and older, and they had kind of verbal inclusion-exclusion criteria. So, for example, one study included provoked events, and the other study excluded focal seizures. So it was a bit of a different population, which I think is why they that study from 2015 had a relatively guarded approach when it came to discussing what to do after a patient with a first seizure from sleep. So this study contributes to that and and it confirms that we definitely do have an increased risk of seizure recurrence after a first seizure from sleep that is significant and over that 60% mark at 10 years. But whether treatment is appropriate straight after and straight after seizure from sleep is debatable and it should be individualized, which is what they said as well in their paper. An interesting finding also in, in your paper is that when people who suffer a first seizure during sleep have a recurrence, it usually occurs in, let's say, the late part of the night, the second part of the night, which is kind of surprising because the second part of the night is usually made of more rapid eye movement sleep, which is supposed to be resistant against epileptic seizure. So how would you interpret, uh, how would you reconcile these two, these two um, presumably op opposable views? Yeah, this was definitely a, a surprising finding. Um, we're not 100% sure the exact physiological mechanism of it. We did raise the possibility, given the sleep cycle being 90 minutes, is there periods of non-REM sleep during that time that predisposes patients to have seizures during that time period? But we're not 100% sure. And it's definitely something for more research. I was about to ask, in general, what do you think is the mechanism that makes seizure occurring during sleep more likely to recure than seizures occurring during wakefulness. Do you have any hypothesis on that? This is also kind of a big question mark still, is that as you raise something to do with the underlying 
physiology of um, the sleep state and the relationship with um, epilepsy? Could it be the fact that a lot of these patients were more likely to have vocal seizures and this is just kind of a manifestation that vocal seizures are more likely to have occurrences? Or one thing is that with all, one of the limitations of all studies of first seizure patients is you're never 100% sure whether it's really their first seizure when a patient comes to clinic. And maybe, particularly for sleep seizures, it's even harder to make that diagnosis. So maybe these patients who present to clinic with their first seizure from sleep may have had previous seizures in the past. And therefore, these are already patients that are having seizure recurrence. And that's why we're getting more recurrence in this population. If I were a patient that suffered from a first seizure during sleep, what would be the, the discussion that you would have with that patient regarding the diagnosis of epilepsy and regarding the introduction of a treatment? So I would discuss with them that they would have an increased risk of recurrence. We wouldn't quote the general 50% chance of having a recurrence. You would quote a much higher percent chance of having a recurrence. But I would also reassure them that this is most likely going to reoccur from sleep. It is less likely to be associated with injury and that, that recurrence has an impact on their long-term prognosis and quality of life, but so does treatment as well. And it's weighing up those pros and cons for that individual patient to see whether they would like, whether treatment is appropriate for them after a first seizure from sleep or whether we wait for that recurrence and then, and then act. And in addition, looking at all those other standard predictors of seizure occurrence, such as remote symptomatic etiology, lesions on imaging, EEG abnormalities, may further sway our opinion one way or the other as to whether to treat. Since both seizure during sleep and EEG abnormality, for example, are both independent factors for seizure recurrence, what is your attitude regarding these two independent factors? Are you more um, inclined to start a treatment when someone has a seizure during sleep or when someone has EEG abnormality or do you need both to start a treatment or what's your attitude with this? I think this is always kind of the million dollar question when you're in a, when you're in a first seizure clinic. I don't necessarily say every time a patient has a seizure from sleep, I will start them on treatment and same with from abnormalities on EEG. And it just depends on the situation, honestly, is, is, a, lot, is a lot of it. We very much individualize it to the patient. Maybe a last question. Do you see any limitation in your in your work or anything that you would have made different or a follow-up mm. study that uh, could improve your current results? So as previously said, one of the limitations of all first seizure studies is whether it's truly a first seizure that we're capturing. And that's probably more so for patients with first seizure from sleep because there may be delays in diagnosis or or misdiagnosis as parasomnias and whatnot that may affect it, that may have affected our results. And with that, it's very hard for people to identify focal seizures from sleep. So as you can see from the paper, majority of the seizure types was labeled as bilateral tonic clonic seizures. But a good portion of them could have easily been hyperkinetic seizures from, from frontal lobe epilepsy, for example, that was misinterpreted by the bystander or the patient as a bilateral tonic clinic seizure. So semiology is a lot harder to interpret in this population inherently. And probably the only other major limiting factor or kind of interesting point of the study was we had a relatively low percentage of patients that had epilepsy from abnormalities with only 17%. Probably one of the limitations of the studies, we only use the first EEG to make 
the diagnosis of F of abnormalities when we didn't look at repeat studies. And as a routine, we would normally use a routine study as a first line and sleep deprived as late as, as subsequent repeat studies. And in this population of sleep only seizures or, or seizures from sleep, a sleep deprived study would probably pick up more epileptic abnormalities. So probably our study underestimates that to some degree. Okay. Thank you very much for all your um, answers. Do you have anything that you would like to add regarding your study or regarding um, epilepsy and sleep? Yes, I think all I really want to say is that there is, for clinicians, just to be aware that there is an increased risk of recurrence in this population and that needs to be discussed and considered in the management and assessment of patients. Thank you very much for your time. It was very interesting. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for listening to Sharpwaves. Our content is meant for informational purposes only and not as medical or clinical advice. The International League Against Epilepsy is the world's preeminent association of health professionals and scientists working toward a world where no person's life is limited by epilepsy. Find more Sharpwaves episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at ilae.org.